Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, the baseball season is, of course, finished, so I won't be on it as much looking for tickets for baseball, or at all, really. I mean, what games are there? But uh, comedy is is a big thing I like to enjoy during the winter. And so you can st- you can use SeatGeek for everything else. Concerts, that's kind of all-encompassing when it comes to comedy shows, um, you know, theater shows, actual, con- you know, music concerts, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, they got Broadway, music festivals, they got everything on there. So you can still use it to find that. In fact, I was just looking the other day uh, to find some some Seinfeld tickets. So I'm kind of interested to see what I'm going to be able to find there. He's coming uh, in January. So Now, SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls the tickets available on other sites all into one place so you save time and you never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value, so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. In fact, I can get you 20 bucks just for listening to the show. All you have to do is uh, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo. Enter the promo code SLEEPER. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase with them. So again, just download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 414 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, December 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how have you been? Uh, I've been. It's been uh, a while. Weather, it has been a little while, but last Sunday, I mean, there was absolutely nothing, nothing to talk about Literally unless you want nothing. to hear us rail against pitchers hitting for the umpteenth time. Exactly. Uh, there was absolutely nothing to talk about. No, but, there, there uh, just wasn't. There just wasn't. And I was even home all week. That was a weird thing. I was home all week this week. Very strange. I, I do have to make one more trip this calendar year. Um, i got to go to Newark on Wednesday and come home Thursday, and then I am done for 2016. Good. Uh, but 2017 is stacking up like you wouldn't believe. I can I can only imagine. Um, it gives me anxiety already knowing about your travel schedule. That's That's kind of where we're at. With that, Seattle, Travel Wizard will take care of Orlando, Seattle. I got multiple going on. Ooh, so have it's, you ever uh, been to Seattle? I have never been to Seattle, so I'm actually looking forward to it. Got yeah, a got a meeting. Nice. I, I'm gonna go sit down with Bill Gates for a couple of days and <laughs> and be like, Bill, what's up? Go out to Amazon. What's those eleven? Get see it what's done. Going on. See what's going on with everything. Um, we got we do have some stuff to talk about today. Uh, a little bit a little bit from some transactions, but then we're actually just gonna kind of talk some trade speculation. I got a few questions for you, some some prompts regarding some potential trades. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on some things. But let's go ahead and lead off with the uh, with the opening question here. How how will saves break down in Miami um, in Miami with them adding both Brad Ziegler and Chinichi Tozawa this past week? They've got a little bit of a stacked bullpen now. And we know about Cal Bearclaw and AJ Ramos. How do you see that that whole situation breaking down? 
here's the thing with Miami. I mean, obviously it sucks to lose Jose Fernandez, but the rest of that rotation was pretty crappy anyhow. And if you're in the free agent, I mean, they had two solutions. Either go to the free agent market, which there is none for starting pitching, or you trade. And, you know, they, they seem to be... Uh, reticent to trade some of their assets, like a Marcelo Zuna stuff exactly. like that. And well, they don't have be. any prospects, so yeah, and they're, right. they're out of prospects. So then, the, what? The, the, so your other option is to make your bullpen longer. Now, I had heard that they're going to try to make David Phelps this 160 inning reliever or whatever. I mean, but they're going to have Phelps do this this extra work in the pen. Um, so then you have to lengthen your pen. So this, and this is where you can find some bargains. I mean, I don't have a problem with the with the two year deal that they gave Ziggler or the one year they gave Tazawa. But for me, when you give Ziggler that second year, it's almost like you're anointing him the closer because I mean he has the experience, he's done it, and while Ramos has done it, is you know it's clear that by years it seemed like. He was going to be traded last year, and then he was never dealt, and now he was kept. And I, I really think this job is Ziegler's to lose. But when you look at it from, if you do what I like to do and what I've you know written articles and shown it, it's just um, straight across. You look at the skills. Uh, Bearclaw wins this. He's got the better strikeout oh, yeah. rate. The if strikeout you're going minus walk great rate. skills. It's Bearclaw, but. Are we seeing, is this a little bit of the effect that we might be seeing? Like, we're watching bullpens transition in front of us. We know it's not going to be uh, quite like the playoffs for a full season. But when you lengthen the bullpen, are we seeing teams realize that they want their best relievers available in the sixth through eighth innings? Because that's more often when the biggest fire comes up. And then you've got Ramos and Bearclaw to get those strikeouts. And then hopefully, if everything plays out well, you've got that three run lead. In the ninth and clean bases, you can bring in a Ziegler who I know he does, you know, he doesn't miss bats, but the dude gets it done. At this point, I mean, hats off to him for sticking around as long as he has and putting together a hell of a career with what he's got going for him. Exactly. And, and if I'd like to give the Marlins credit, be like, yeah, this is why they did that. So you could stack it up. And then, you know, by the time you get to the ninth inning, you're like, okay, good. We've been able to protect that lead. Let's give it to a, let's give it to a guy with some experience uh, and go there. It's the dreaded running back by committee, the closer by yep. committee on paper. But somebody's going to, somebody's going to win this job. When they win this job, they'll keep it. Now, I mean, you can look at the same thing in Philadelphia. I mean, they had, um, Jeremiah Gomez last year, and then they add Joaquin Benoit, and I'm telling you, you look, you put those two together, and you tell me that Benoit is not the better pitcher. Oh, there, there, there's no way I can do that. And then you have Actor Neris, who again, I think they would rather have being available for the biggest fire of the game, which again often comes in those innings before the ninth when you've got the when you've got the setup there. So I think we're seeing a lot of it, and I think you're you're very accurate to invoke the idea of closer by committee uh, with the running back by committee. It's that same sort of parallel. There are not a lot of parallels between fantasy football and baseball, but I think this is definitely one, and we're starting to see it slowly shift. There's still going to be plenty of lockdown closers. They're going to be the guy. They're going to be the ones that you want. But you know, when you look at a situation like the one we saw in Cleveland this playoff, I think that it's going to run the same in season there where Andrew Miller is not going to be the guy getting saves. He's going to get a handful. He'll still be fantasy valuable. But do you think that the changing of, of, of how bullpens might be run and, and the depth of how they are should 
push a shift toward um, saves plus holds as more of the standard, or or would you like to see any sort of change there uh, with the way that breaks down? I would just like to get rid of saves. Uh, (laughs) I'd like to get rid of saves, but I'm not a fan of the hold stat at all. Um, Holds are pretty wonky. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, uh, Ito made a good point the other day when the signing happened. He's like, you know, uh, in Tazama and Ramos, the Marlins have two of the five best changeups in the game, and now you add Ziggler's. And I said, well, they also have Volquez too. You know, you add that changeup. I don't like him in the rotation. I'd like him as a long guy, but they, you know, they got to find somebody to eat innings. So when you look at some of these other. high octane bullpens what the uh, you know what the yankees have what the cubs are going to have what the red Sox have what, with with kimbrell and thornburg in the back end of that now and then you have the marlins going the exact opposite way where only really one of these guys is a hard thrower everybody else is, is getting you done with uh, getting the swings and misses with secondary pitches so i i, I think it's it's fun to watch them it, credit to them there we're taking that inefficient that uh market inefficiency where everybody else is chasing velocity and they're chasing just swings and misses i don't care how you get however them. you get them exactly you know, however you get them get them uh ziegler had a 12 percent swinging strike rate last year by the way a career best so yeah we talk about how he's not a big strikeout guy because for his career he's at 6.1 but last year was 7.7 with that 12 percent swinging strike rate and of course always has the utterly devastating um, ground ball rate, usually two-thirds of his batted balls are ground balls. Uh, last year it was down to 63%, but that's still super elite. A nice big ballpark for him. Uh, I mean, the, the the 20% strikeout rate is, is a tick below the average for relievers, but not to – I mean, I believe relievers are 21.5 on their strikeout rate, which is just ridiculous and, and in these days, but that's where they are. Most don't have a 63% ground ball rate, so for him to even yeah. be near average for Ziegler is pretty good. So, okay, h- how are you bidding then? Let's talk uh, an NL where, where a lot of these guys are going to be more in play between Bear Claw, Ziegler – and Ramos, and you can throw Tazawa in there if you want, but how are you bidding on these guys if you're, uh, let's say you have an established guy or somebody that you like um, as your as your closer one, and then maybe you're going to dip into this Miami bullpen for your closer two. What, what do you think you're going to do? So we're talking about like 15-team mix, 12-team, what's the what format? Um, I'd say like 10 to 12-team NL or 15-team mix, because those are generally, this. I think the, those kind of, uh, coordinate very well in terms of the dollar values. So All we can right. just say 15 team mix to make it simple. So 15 team mix, I'm not paying any more than $12 for any of these guys. Okay, and you would pay Ramos the most or Ziegler the most? I would pay Ziegler the most because like, I really think this is his job to lose. Well, um, Roster Resource already already slotted him in there. I mean, I mean, obviously they're not the end-all, be-all. They don't have the say, but that's their speculation as well. He, he He's definitely more established as a closer than Ramos and then they can go Ramos, Tozawa, Bearclaw for that for that bridge there, and that's and if they keep Phelps in there, I almost think they should keep Phelps as a starter because he was he was really good. He added some big time velocity last year and looked really good even in his starts. He had that great season, but it wasn't just built off the uh, off the bullpen work. Maybe slot him in over Jeff Stinkin Lock, and then I think you're working with a little bit more if you've got Chen, Volquez, Conley, Kohler, and and Phelps, but. Right now they're saying Phelps in the bullpen, and that's a hell of a bullpen with the uh, four that we've talked about plus Phelps. Now they don't have a lefty in the bullpen; that's their one one issue right now. So, yeah, uh, we'll I look. I noticed goes. that when I was looking at it earlier this morning um, at, that they're loaded up with with righties. But I mean, there's plenty of guys out there if they want to find a lefty, go get one. Um, here's the thing with Ramos, and you know this is something that we've talked about a few times on the, on the 
um, podcast, and uh, Eno's a big fan of it. I mean, you look at you look at closers that are in the arbitration ages. Definitely, Ramos is set to make six point eight million in arbitration, looking at MLB trade rumor projections. So that's coming off of thirty two and forty saves. He's got two more years of team control. If they give him another year of full time saves. That's ten. He's getting into Papelbon territory. You know, that's like yep. that's going to be ten in year three. So his days as a Marlin is, is are numbered. Um, so he's going elsewhere, and that's why really. And I don't even know if he's on this club by opening day because all of a sudden you're paying him six point nine million dollars. Why not try to flip him? Uh, you know, try to flip that's him smart. to a team that needs another guy uh, and and try Washington? to get some other guys. Would you move him in the division or no? Why not? I, think I mean, he, I think you can. I don't think Ramos is so devastating that you can't move him into the division. And I think that's a, an even better point when I when you consider what I just said about the lefty thing. They don't have a lefty in here right now, and they still want to use Dustin McGowan, who I think had a nice rebound season, and Jose Arena. Um, you flip Ramos, you get something that you can use. Maybe you get the lefty in the deal, or you get you get some sort of bat or a starter, and then you get a, a lefty elsewhere. And now the bullpen is still good at that point. If you go Ziegler, Bearclaw, Tazawa, Phelps, and whomever uh, from the left side there, so I, I, I like what you're saying. I think that breaks down pretty nicely. I would say be careful if you have Ramos on some sneak tip deal that you think you can keep him. Uh, you might be SOL, so I would be very careful about keeping him even at a uh, you know $10 cost for Ramos. I know he was good last year, but you could wind up with a, a costly middle reliever uh, even after a 40 save season last year. Trying to scan the depth charts to see where where a potential you know a matchup is. You know your Detroit Tigers. I know they brought back Fernando Rodriguez, but your Detroit Tigers could use somebody back there in the back end of the I'd pen. Like, I'd like to see Ramos, but I, I don't know if that's where they're. I, I don't know if that's where they're looking only because that. I, I I can't figure the team out. They wanted to do some trades, and everyone was paying big for trades, but then they said no thanks to the uh, to the older guys. And we'll talk a little bit about the Tigers here in a moment. So I don't know. I'm looking. Washington's the the obvious one that stands out. Um, I don't know exactly how texas feels about sam dyson is aj ramos really a huge upgrade anyway and i don't know that that's the case minnesota's not in a position to really go out and 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 pay for somebody like that are they no because it doesn't it it doesn't like what's the difference would uh would the angels doesn't upgrade their team if the angels think they're going to chase it um of course they do why not yeah of course course they they do do. so maybe that's the spot and you know, for a guy like this that you're paying the full freight on, you're not going to have to pay over the moon for an A.J. Ramos. Like, A.J. Ramos is a good pitcher. There's, there's no denying that. But I just don't think that they're going to have to pay some obscene price, even though they don't have any good prospects. They could do, like, a poo-poo platter of, of two, three guys instead and probably get it done. So maybe that's the target um, for, like, an A.J. Ramos trade. Good call, I, I, know good call he's, trade. I, I know he's a year. I know he's a year away. Uh, from I believe he's a year away from free agency, but what what would make a ton of sense? Uh, I'm I'm trying to stall so I can look up the contract, but you know a, a team that's trying to put themselves together for contention is the Colorado Rockies. They just signed Mike Dunn Ooh. to a two year deal. They have Jake McGee out there. Jake McGee is a free agent after this season. So if you're trading Ramos, you're trading two years of Ramos for one year of McGee. Um, you would probably put the qualifying offer on McGee. I'm thinking he's going to decline it. But uh, if you look at it, he had such a terrible time in Colorado last he year. Did. But he that did. you know, you work something out around that and say, okay, 
uh, Ramos for McGee and maybe some maybe some money out of there. That gives them their bullpen because that that gives them, you know, they've got Dunn back there. They've got Adovino. You've got Estevez. You've got a, you've got enough pieces, yep. but this gives them a this gives them a guy that could that could, would be a nice fit, especially with that changeup and keeping guys up off, off off the front foot and a lot of those lazy fly balls um, instead of McGee, who's all fastball all the time. What about Arizona? I know they got well, Rodney they to close. Rodney and I just, oh Hudson's a free agent. What about um, Ramos to, to to still be the bridge guy though? Sure, uh, that that could happen. I, I mean, know. I just think there's a market. I'm just looking for a, a nice clean Same lineup of. Give me a lefty that I can trade over to the Marlins because that's what's missing out of that bullpen. I'd say Brad Hand, but they got rid of. Maybe they should have just kept Brad Hand and let him relieve. I I I felt like they had something on their. uh, I was gonna say had something on their hands, and it wasn't even an intentional pun. Um, You know, maybe they should have just stuck with Brad Hand, and they wouldn't be in this dilemma here uh, with no lefties. But I I like your point. I think we've probably gone a little bit too long on the Miami. Uh, bullpen, but I think there is some action here. Be care- again, be careful if you have Ramos on a cheap deal, thinking that you've got yourself a 35 plus start uh, closer or uh, plus save closer. I just don't know that that's the case. All right, let's talk some trade speculation here, and I'm going to start with uh, with Brian Dozier because we've seen we've seen some speculation. Most of it's to the Dodgers. It's not a ton of smoke. It's just a little bit of smoke right now. Just point blank, do you think Brian Dozier will get traded? Yeah, I do. High market. I mean, if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers are going to pay the prospects that they have, yeah, you, you, you keep hearing De La Rosa's name. You mean De thrown Leon. in there? De Leon. De Leon. I always, I, in my head, I'm thinking I said that wrong. You, you, you hear De Leon's name thrown out. If, if the, if the Dodgers put the guy, the guy or the guys on the table that the Twins want, then do it. Um, you know, you should. I, I'm really hesitant against the this guy is untradeable no everybody's tradable just do it put it out there the worst thing is no thanks but no thanks man paul i appreciate the offer i'm yeah. good uh, you exactly. know stick it, it out there and especially hurt. off of the big season that he just had you, you should be listening i mean the the, Do- the dodgers have that need they want they want to get somebody there's nobody on the free agent market and this is what you should be doing if you sit on these guys a year too long um, I mean, they they weren't projecting Dozier to do what he did last year, and now that he's done it, does that doesn't make him the new Brian Dozier? That makes him what he did in 2016. You get two years out of Brian Dozier for a total of 15 mil. So DeLeon, Cody Bellinger, is that enough to get it done, or you need another piece? Uh, no, I think that's enough to get it done. That could be a hell of a deal for Minnesota. You know, those are those are close guys, DeLeon. Uh, right there on the cusp, I think he even debuted last year. And uh, Cody Bellinger, we saw in the Arizona Fall League, looking slick. So I don't know. I think I think that that could work uh, a deal there. So you think it gets dealt? Um, I was actually going to ask you this question as as leading off, but we wanted to talk Miami. Uh, I was going to say, who do you think is the the biggest person to get traded the rest of this winter? I imagine it would Dozier would be your answer then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, well let's let's move on to your team then because it's Tampa, it's Ray's corner. We got to get Ray's corner in here, and Ray's corner uh, football corner, and then we're done, right? <laughs> exactly. Will Tampa Bay trade a starting pitcher? And if so, yeah, uh, yeah, I think Smiley makes the most sense. They, they they've got enough they've got enough people um, out there that something needs to happen. Uh, you know, you've seen some rumors recently of with Seattle, and I think that would make the fifteenth trade between those two teams right. in the last. Two years. I don't know what's left with two honestly, different organizations or with two. Honestly, different Honestly, if they could do, too. if they could do it, not that it would ever happen, but if they could do a Drew Smiley for uh, Mitch Haniger, I would be in love. 
uh, I, I'm a, a big Mitch Hanniger fan. Uh, I would like to have him and and that swing uh, in Tampa Bay uh, or Tyler O'Neill. I mean, I would take either one, either option. Uh, to be honest with okay. you, um, the, what the Rays need is they need a backup to Kevin Kiermeyer. That's kind of where things are. They have to have. Uh, that's what they're missing. When Kevin Kiermeyer went down last year, they had nobody that could really play center no. field, and it stood out. Um, and that's where the that's where the problem was. So you had to have somebody in there that can back up defensively. You've heard some names like uh, Travis uh, Janorski. I, oh, why am I screwing Jankowski. up these names? Jankowski. I'm yeah. just like I always call him Janikowski, and then I, I want to call him I... Jaworski. Um, <laughs> Jaws. Yeah. So they have. Um, they have uh, the need to fill that, but I don't think you can fill that in a trade. That guy's not out there. You're not trading a Drew Smiley to pick up a guy like that. No, they no, just no. need to have they need to have somebody out there for that. But if you can get Hanniger, I would because Hanniger can play all three spots, and that's really another reason why I like him. He's right-handed, so you can start him against those really tough uh, matchups, kind of thing. That's um, a big part of this potential trade, though, that they made. That they're saying Hanniger could be the uh, could be the game changer. Yeah, no, that's kind of why flip it for them. So right, I, I right. Don't know. That's 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 my problem with it. Is um, that's where it's going to hurt. So um, they're going to make a deal. They need to get an outfielder. Uh, they need to, their their bullpen shallow too, and we saw it last year. And when Colome had to miss an extended amount of time, so we've got to get something um, in, into the bullpen. I don't really. When you look at the free agent market, I mean, there's a couple of guys out there that I still like. I think we talked about Santiago Casilla, mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Salas. I, I like um, with the changeup and everything. So I think there's enough out there where they can pick up some of these relievers. But I. There's other bats to be had, and Certainly. go get the, the offense. If you thought last year's team could attend, then go finish this year's. You got a nice deal with Ramos, uh, but that's not going to uh, be materialized until late May, early June, um, and you may be out of it by then. Yeah, so no don't, doubt. No don't doubt. wait around for that. All right. Uh, will the Detroit Tigers trade a stud? Mickey, JV, JD, Kinsler? Honestly, we can focus on on J.D. Martinez and Ian Kinsler, because I just don't see Miggy or Justin Verlander going. But if you think so, go ahead and say so. What, uh, what do you think? Do you try Tigers trading a stud? No, no, unless Mike Illich dies sometime in the next couple of months. I mean, he obviously wants his World Series title, and he keeps paying these contracts and making these acquisitions. And there have been times in the past where we thought the Tigers should sell it off, and they end up getting more guys. This mm-hmm. may be another one of those years where they go get another guy uh, yeah, out of the gate instead of, uh, I don't know where they're at towards the luxury tax. Um, I think but- they're paying it. Well, I mean, if they can find another guy, they find another guy. I don't know what they've got left in the farm. You'll have to speak to that uh, to go pick somebody up. It's, it's, um, not, it's not great. I think if anything, they would just pay the money. I, I, I think they do want to keep the, the pieces that they have in terms of uh, the the market, that, or excuse me, the, the, the farm that they're starting to build a little bit. I don't think that they want to go out and start giving that. I don't know. I think if they trade, say, a J.D. Martinez, uh, the rumor's always been to San Francisco, I think it would be for some pieces that are either very close in the minors or that can help right now that maybe have already pitched in the uh, or played in the majors. I say pitch. It could be a pitcher. I don't necessarily know. Um, wouldn't be a starter, though. Obviously, Bumgarner, Cueto, Samarja are not going anywhere. I don't think Matt Moore. Uh, I don't think they want to get rid of him either. So I don't know. I think it would be a, a, a close proximity uh, pitcher starting pitcher prospect if they traded J.D. Martinez. I hope they don't. I love J.D. Martinez, but if they can make the team better, make the team better. I don't the see anybody else The name seems like it's been out there for quite some time. If you're going to do it, 
kind of do it. it. Done. I don't know. Well, I, Let's the, get it done. Why, why make that sit around? If they're the going to do something, is, they've got to do it before the season. At the at the winter meetings, I think they were realizing that the prices they the prices weren't the same as everybody else was getting. That their guys just weren't drawing the same uh, prices. But you look at like a cost-controlled Adam Eaton and a cost-controlled Chris Sale, that's why they're bringing in so much is because they're really good and cheap. It, this is a last year for uh, J.D. Martinez, and then Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander, and Ian Kinsler all cost money. So I think I think that they'll probably end up standing pat, but if it is, I think it's J.D. Martinez, and I could really see it out to San Francisco. Can you all right. afford – I mean, can you all afford to trade – I mean, what do you have? They can only afford to trade if they're recognizing that it, it's not going to happen right now. And I don't know that that makes much sense with the contracts that they have. They probably just need to keep it together, sign a sign a bullpen or two, and and, and make another run and, and see what you got. Calories so top heavy. They're in, oh my they're, in a, they're in a tough spot. 28, 28, 22, 18, yep. 11, 17, 18, 12. They got and that's some, just eight guys. They got some stuff done last year in 2015 with, with some of those trades that, that really helped, but they're still in that middling. And notice that it was guys that can contribute right away. Matt Bull, uh, Daniel Norris. Here's part of the problem. You guys are paying $8 million to Mike Pelfrey. Dude, it was a stupid deal when it was signed. And the only reason it was got so signed, dumb when it was signed. It was probably because of a Voris thing to kind of keep the relationship going with him. But to get two years of 16 mil is absolutely obscene. If he's not in the bullpen this year, I just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but you guys don't even have the Boris client. I mean, that's one thing. If you had, if you were stacked up, like ISE baseball rep, reps Zimmerman, Cabrera, and, and Verlander. So, yeah, make, like make deals thing. with them. Right. They're the only other board you have Jose Iglesias is the only other guy that you have as a Boris client when I'm looking at this list. Yes. That's tough. And yeah, I mean Arb um Romine, I mean those guys are cheap and Arb Justin Wilson may make a little money, but yeah, and, and next year there's no salary relief coming either. I mean you you lose um Ian Kinsler comes off. You can buy him out at five million, you can buy out Annabelle Sanchez. I'm sorry, you will buy out Annabelle Sanchez at five million. Yeah. Um Wow. Kinsler will probably just stick around. Um, yeah, yeah, JD's his walk here. It's 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 bad. It's bad. Um, and so that's why they're looking to maybe make a move here. So we'll we'll see if they do. I don't know that that JD Martinez is necessarily the one that gives you all that much relief. Yeah, it's twelve mil, but also if you're going to try to move a, a J up, um, a Jordan Zimmerman or an Ian, Ian Kinsler, you're going to have to eat money anyway, and it just might not be worth it at that point. So that's why Martinez ends up being the one that they might move. All right, last one here. Um, will Houston move a bat? I feel like they've got uh, a luxury of, of bats here. Primarily, Evan Gaddis is the one that really jumps out because they did sign yep. Brian McCann. But they've also got like a Marwin Gonzalez. Um, they have Yulieski Gurriel. And, you know, I don't think Gurriel plays middle infield, so no. he's not similar to Marwin Gonzalez. And so maybe you want to keep Marwin because he is that utility man that can play kind of everywhere. But the, the point is, however you want to break it down, Houston has a lot of bats that they could move. They're obviously not going to move Reddick, who they just signed, um, or Beltran or Aoki. So I don't think they're going to move Springer either. So it really starts to look like Guriel, Gaddis, Marwin, maybe a Mariznik. But uh, if they want to get something impact, I think it's I think it's going to be Guriel or Gaddis. What do you think? They move they move a bat. Um, I Gaddis makes the most sense. I mean, you've got Guriel, you've got and you've got AJ Reed, who you're not ready to give up oh, on. Yeah, They've Reed got Tyler White, who's probably a role player, and that I mean that's somebody who's a minor piece of a deal. Um, but Reed, you've got a thing for Reed if you believe in Reed. 
And what do you do with Guriel? Because um, you just got McCann. You added him on three. He's got three years, two more years, three more years of control. Um, you know, Guriel. Guriel is um, you know thirty two, or there he's turning thirty three here at some point. So mm-hmm. you've got, you know, if you move him, you can move him to D, you can move him to DH. But uh, you know, you've got Bregman at the corner, so they they do have a surplus, and you could find something to go out there and and make a move. It wouldn't hurt to get another guy on the back end. I mean, they just they added Morton as their five. You got Davinsky, so you've got six. You've got McCullers. I mean, they've got a decent piece. The bullpen. I mean, you and I really. I, I love Ken Giles as a, ba- a bounce back. I I go sure back do. and pay them. I'd pay them the money again. I paid whatever I paid for him last year, and Todd, I'll pay it again this year. Two years uh, left for McCann uh, plus okay. an option of fifteen mil. So we'll see how he does it. I think it's 34. a triggered option too. I don't think it's a team oh, control. It will. I think it's if a he gets a thousand plate appearances the next two years, or catches ninety games in twenty eighteen and doesn't hit the disabled list. So you're right. It is a triggered option. Yeah, we do love Giles, and I think. That we're justified in that love because if you kind of look after that slow start, that disastrous April from the rest of the season on, he was exactly what we thought he was going to be for all six months. Yep. And yep. so five um, months he was just slinging it. Absolutely. Um, love it. So, I mean, I would like to get some a little more alpha. Derek Fisher's another guy they like. Tony Kemp, they've got Teoscar Hernandez. I, I, there's a lot of pieces. I really love this Astros team this year. They look uh, good. They look, they look strong. It's really a matter of picking up some depth and, you know, Gaddis. Right-handed powers it should be marketable uh, to move around, and maybe another bullpen piece. It would seem kind of weird to trade Gaddis for a bullpen piece, but the bullpen's got you know, you've got Feliz, you've got Josh, you've got Harris, you've got Gregerson. So you've got your four big, your four big righties. You've got Sip coming from the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't hurt to have another major league quality lefty. Okay. reliever i know they don't grow on trees but it wouldn't hurt to get another one of those guys um into this picture um i would go and kick the you know um that's not not a good i was trying to like look at a team who's like the white Sox. what do they've got because you figured some of those parts are still not nailed down and they're going to be moving them moving them around here too true but they've got righties that they're probably going to move i could see one of yeah. nate jones or or david robertson getting moved don't move nate jones just move david robertson I've i mean got nate i jones. i agree oh, i agree <laughs> but teams might say listen we don't want robertson we want jones so we'll see how that goes um i agree i think gaddis is, is probably the obvious one there i do think we're going to see some more trades it could be quiet a little bit for a little bit longer here while the uh while the holidays go by but then i think toward the end of the year and into the uh into the new year i think we'll i think we'll still see a flurry of activity in january jason a little bit of a shorter episode today just had a few things to talk about wanted to get back on and and talk some baseball with you to kind of keep warm i know everyone is freezing across the country so am Dude. i in texas it's in the 30s and it's a nightmare jason all right so it was uh let's see it was um six it was like 68 today and then it's what? supposed to be a high of it's supposed to be a high of 40 tomorrow okay so you're getting it because yeah we have oh yeah it's coming through it's on its way here and it uh the day before and then it was 30 today no, it's on its way here. Yesterday, and then last yep. night, you could hear it coming in. Like when those cold fronts come, and it's going to drop the the weather like thirty to fifty degrees. It's crazy yep. how that wind just blows it in, and it's currently thirty. And basically, when I take Charlotte out on her leash, she like starts floating in the air like a kite. And (laughs) there she is just floating around trying to poop while she's flying in the air. Uh, Poor little puppy. But I got sweaters for her. She's staying warm. We're staying warm. We're talking baseball, hot stove. We are going to talk a little football corner. So if you you hate football, you can turn it off two minutes here, whatever. Um, Your team hasn't played yet, but how's your fantasy team doing? I know you're in the playoffs still. 
it's hanging in there. Um, it's I, I need the Mike Evans and Cameron Braid to do stuff. I, uh, I I did not start um, Brandon Cooks because every week I start him, he sucks, <laughs> and when I don't, he goes he off is. and didn't start him today. So. <laughs> Brandon Cooks and Michael Crabtree on my bench put up 55 points, and Latavius Murray and um, Tyrell Williams put up 15. So I would love that even half of that 40 points um, difference I left on my bench. So right now I'm up 23, um, but I've got Kirk Cousins left tomorrow night, and he's got he Cam just, Newton and oh, Crowder and us. Kelly. So I need I need uh, these Bucks to have a big second half. So I'm hoping right. the Cowboys get another score here. It, it, it feels so damn dirty rooting for the Cowboys. Right. And right now, but it works for me because if they get if they can get ahead in this game, and the Bucks have got to throw, yeah, and the, and the Cowboys win, it makes the Redskins playoff chances better. I don't care if the Cowboys win, but I can't be rooting for him because that's exactly what I'm going up against. This guy's a big Dallas homer, and it finally paid off big for him this year. And currently, he's got a 15-point lead plus Zeke, Bryant, and Bailey all going against my Mike Evans and Kirk Cousins. I'm looking like I'm going to need a Kirk Cousins uh, smash job. Does he have? Well, as long as he throws them all to Deshaun Jackson and Chris Thompson and care. everything Who like that. Oh, the Bucks, the, the the Panthers defense sucks. It's just not good does this year. Does he have a 30-point game in him then? Can, can I, I think he does. Okay, okay. I'm going to need it. Unless, and we need, we both need Mike Evans to get going. He's only got five points for us right now. If you play PPR, uh, two for 29, so that's 4.9. I didn't make any terrible decisions. I don't think, personally, I'm going to give myself a little bit of a break, but uh, I probably should have had Jeremy Hill in there for Stefan Diggs. That would have been a difference of nine points. Um, but I'm up against it right now. Zeke's killing it. Now, the downside of, of your scenario of the Cowboys getting a big lead to get Mike Evans those points is that that means Zeke would probably just pound the ball, and, and that could be dangerous. So Yeah, we're, we're I, in my other league, it. I'm in the semifinals in the other one, and I'm only down 13. Um, but again, I have the same guys. I have Evans and Brait, and he is done. So a decent oh, okay. second half, and I'll I'll advance to week sixteen. Well, good luck um, for sure. Yeah, how, I, how I, are I, they? Uh, there. How's Washington looking from a playoff standpoint? What What do they got to do? They've got to win out. They've okay. got to win out, but they need a, they need a little bit of help, and uh, a Cowboy win here would certainly help because the Bucks right now the Bucks are uh, half a game up on Washington. Oh, that's right. I see that right now. They're eight and five, yeah. And, yeah. and and Washington seven and five. Uh, tough one today seven for my five Lions. And one. Uh, they needed oh yeah seven five one that that tie is is really it could work in their favor but it could also like it, I know that doesn't really say anything but yeah it could go either way for them right now like you could see a scenario where it plays out well for them that they have that tie but it's looking more and more right now like it could definitely hurt them um, it's going to be spectacular to watch my Lions piss away this division to the Packers because you know it's going to happen. It's just going to be interesting to see how it happens. They didn't play poorly today. Like, you know, the the, the defense did pretty well. It was a 17-6 loss. They just could not get the offense going. Uh, I didn't watch the whole game. I watched on, basically on red zone because I can't watch whole games. Uh, it, was, it was tough, though. It, it was, I, I would have liked to see them beat – New York, because now they got to play Dallas and Green Bay in the final two games, and that is not I, going to be I, easy. So apparently, I made a awkward or inappropriate tweet tonight. Um, I don't know the football tweet. Well, somebody was there was a particular play where we were talking about where Jameis Winston was running all over the place and escaped the defense. He shanked that one. Um, so Wait, he ran around. One? I'm a little bit behind. Oh, good. Sorry, he pushed good. it left. No, that's good. Um, 
So there was that particular play where Winston was running around, running around from the defense, got, and he threw the ball to Sims, and he couldn't catch it. And a sportscaster I know in Tampa was like, how did he escape that? And I was like, he pretended the defenders were prosecutors. Um, and uh, I, I got a couple of replies, like more rape jokes. I'm like, I, what, no, I'm not I'm not on his side. I'm just saying that maybe he that's how he's... He in trouble for anything. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, see, I see the joke. You're not saying I'm glad he got away with it. It's that... The guy was repeatedly for some things were weren't severe like the crab legs things, and other things were remarkably severe like the sexual assault, and he just kept, you know, nothing, nothing happened, literally nothing. Of course, it was an FSU, was an FSU fan who was like more rape oh, jokes. Oh yeah, there you go. Retweeted it, and I got other people like applause, and other guys are like eyeball, like wow, you said that. I'm like, I, okay, I, whatever, just maybe, hey, hey, maybe we're wrong. You can tweet us, let us know. I don't see it as support of of him or Absolutely a, not. a pro rape joke in any way, shape, or form. Personally, uh, if we're if we're off, maybe on I that, should. Maybe I could have said maybe he pretended they were public's employees and he was running with crab legs. You know, maybe that whatever. would have been the 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 easier one yeah. to, to go with. But yeah, the point that you think you're making is the dude skates on everything, which is utterly ridiculous. Anyway, we'll end on yes. that shitty down note. Okay. Uh, <laughs> from what I've heard. He's less of a bad person. I hope that he continues to be less of a bad person because uh, I don't like to see people be awful. But uh, I guess I guess just don't ever tweet. That's the number one rule, right? Eric, yeah. Eric Malinowski has got out there giving everybody the number one rule. Don't tweet. He did throw a Hail Mary and get intercepted at the half. Oh. So, uh, hey, scheduling note, kids. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. We not will scheduled. not have a podcast next Sunday. No. <laughs> no, we will not. It's it's Christmas, so that will not happen. TVD, if we can maybe get back together on Monday. Um, but yeah, the, this next week, I think we'll get at least one in with Eno. I'm going to do one mailbag, definitely one mailbag episode, maybe one with Eno, um, TBD on the rest of it. And then just a little bit of time off for Christmas. So you and I should maybe try to get back together maybe next Monday or Tuesday. You and I can work that out and we'll let people know on Twitter. Sounds good. All right, Jason, have a good one. I'll talk to you later. All right. Yeah. <laughs>